Okay, guys, we're at the very bottom of Daft Tadvav Ahmad Aleph. We're in this very long Mishnah. So the Mishnah tells us a story. Okay? So remember, we were talking about the sequence of the uh, of the, the new brachot that we add into the Amida on the fast days. Now it says a story. Ma'aseh bimei Rabbi Chalata Rabbi Chanadi ben Tradion. So one of these rabbis, Rabbi Chalas and Rabbi Chalim ben Charjon, remember Rabbi Chalim ben Charjon is one of the Asara Haruge Malchut that we read about Tishabav and Yom Kippur. One of them was the Chazan. The Gamar Tabracha Kula, and he completed the whole Bracha. The Lo Anuacharav, Amen. And he didn't answer Amen. Now we'll see from the, from the rest of it. It sounds like they answered something else. We'll see. Uh, he said, Takua Konim, Vitaku. So blow the shofar of the Kohanim, and they did it. One second. Okay. Misha not nesa. Misha not that Rambam bin Bahar Moriah who yaned chavi yishma bekol tafim chamei yomazeh. Right, he read that part. Then he said, Hariu bnei Aaron, Hariu. So blow the shofar bnei Aaron. Misha not that bnei Yamsu who yaned chavi yishma bekol tafim chamei yomazeh. Okay, etc. Okay, so you're saying all these things, you know, like all the Mishanas that we talked about yesterday. Ukshabad of Aretel Chachamim. Amru, they said the Lo Hayinu Nohagim Ken, Elo Bishar Mizrach Uvahar Habayit. Okay, we only would behave in this way in the Eastern Gate and on the Temple Mount. Okay, but that wasn't the, the standard. wasn't really the standard practice. Rashi points out, what does it mean? Lo Hayinu Nohagim Shalola Anot Amen. Shalola Anot Amen. The next Rashi points out, like in Mikdash, they really say, I mean, in Mikdash, they just said Baruch Shem Kol Machatol Olamed. It seems that's what's happening there. So saying that mimicking of that uh, behavior is only in particular, you know, that, and there's only done in particular circumstances. That's not something to be modeled in the future. Okay, that's the end of that story. Now, getting to another issue here, we said as follows: Shalosh Taniot Harishono. When it comes to the first three fast days, Anshei Mishmar Mitanin Velo Mashimin, Anshei Beitav Lo Hayu Mitanin Klaf. Okay, so there's two groups of people here. There's the Anshei Mishmar and the Anshei Beitav. Anshei Mishmar means the Kohanim who were in the Beit Mikdash. So every uh, every week was a new group of Kohanim. Okay, and there were uh, there were 24 Mishmarot. Uh, a Mishmar is like a watch. Okay, and each watch is made up of different families. Uh, so you divide all the Kohanim into 24 parts, and then they rotate through over the course of the year. So everyone has a week. So if they're in the if they're in the Beit Mikdash, serving the Beit Mikdash on one of these fast days, so what are they supposed to do? So that's that's the Anshei Mishmar. Anshei Beit Av is within the week. So every day, one of the families would have uh, the job of doing the particular bodo that day. So the Anshei Mishmar, so it's the g- broader group of Kohanim, they would fast, but no, no Mashlimim, but they would start the fast, but they don't complete the fast. Anshei Beit Av, they would fast uh, not at all. It makes sense why they wouldn't fast at all, because they had to do the Avodah, right? So that would have, the Avodah, excuse me, takes priority over the fasting. Shalosh Niyot, and the second group of three fast days, Anshei Mishmar Mitanin Umashlimin. Okay, the Anshei Mishmar, they fast and they complete the fast. So now, now the level of seriousness of the fast day is getting ramped up. Mitanin And then you move the next level up, the Anshei Bedav would fast a little bit but not complete it. And then Sheva Achronot, Eilu Ve'eilu Mitanin Mashlimin, Deva Rabbi Shua. Both groups would fast the whole time. Okay, that's Rabbi Shua's opinion. Chachamim Amrim, slightly differently. Shalosh Taniyot Avishonot, Eilu Ve'eilu Lo Hayu Mitanin Klaz. You know, the first three fast days didn't fast at all. Mishmar, and none of the Kohanim fasted. I mean, none of the Kohanim who are at the Beit Mikdash. Shalosh Niyot, the second group of three, Anshei Mishmar, Mitanei, Velo Misham, Ashlimin, Anshei Beitav, Lo Yimitin, and Klau. Okay, so then just the next level up, right? Same idea as we saw before for the first three, this is what we said for the second three. And then Sheva Achronot, Anshei Mishmar, Mitanei, Meshlimin. So the Anshei Mishmar would fast and complete it. Anshei Beitav, Mitanei, Velo Mashlimin. Okay, so they would fast but not complete it. So according to the Chachamim, the Anshei Beitav never complete the fast 
uh, of these types when they're in the Beit HaMikdash because they're serving. But the uh, Anshay Mishmar, depending on the on the, uh, the group of fast. Okay. Furthermore, Anshay Mishmar Mutarin Lishto Yayim Balelot Avalo Be'amim. The Anshay Mishmar could drink wine at night, but not during the day. Not during the day. Rashi says, if you, uh, Rashi's right at this part, Mutarin Lishto Yayim, Lav Gabi Taniti Tamar. This isn't about the fast anymore. Okay, this is just, right? Ella, Agav Demayri Bibbine Mishmar, Maitila. So simply mention the Anshay Mishmar, so we bring another halacha about the Anshay Mishmar. They could drink wine at night. Ain Lachush Shamatich Pal Havoda. Share Rau Mi Ba'erev Shapasku Hakorbano, Velokov Da Havoda. So maybe sometimes what would happen would be the Anshe Beidab would not really complete the work and they need some extra like extra hands on deck to help out. So you wouldn't want anyone drinking because a Kohen who drinks isn't allowed to do the Avoda. But once you got to the point where you sort of saw that everything was like taken care of, so the Anshe Mishmar could indulge a little bit and have some wine at night. Okay, the Anshe Beidab couldn't drink during the day or at night. He says here why. Rashi, if you Ma'alin Kol Halayla Ivarim Shapaku Me'alim Bizmeach, right? Because they still had work to do, right? So even at, so during the daytime, for sure they're not going to be allowed to drink wine because you can't you can't do the avodah when you when you have uh, alcohol in your system. But uh, at night you may say they could do it. So there's no because there's still work to be done. Okay. Furthermore, um, now I think we're getting back to. The fast days. Anshe Mishmar be Anshe Ma'amad Asheri Mila Saber Mila Chabes. The Anshe Mishmar and Anshe Ma'amad cannot get haircuts or do their laundry. Okay. Um, Oh, I take it back. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just in general. Rashi says, "Mishin yichnesuli mishmar tam kol otashavat." The whole week they don't they don't do it. They, they get haircuts before. Ubechamishim mutarim b'tik 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 And on Thursday they're allowed to for a couple of shabbat. Okay. Fine. Kol hakatuv b'migilat ta'anit. Now moving on to new, new idea. New idea, sorry. Okay. Call Hakatu Migilatanit. Any any day that's written about in Migilatani. We mentioned before Migilatani, right? There's this book, and it mentions all these uh, special days. And these special days are days you are not allowed to fast, and you're also not allowed on any of them to do eulogies. Because whatever it says in Migilatani, you're not allowed to give eulogies in that day because it's too sad. Lefanav Asur Mutar. Then we extend the day earlier and say that even the day before you're not allowed to do those things, but the day afterwards you're allowed to. Rabbi Yossi omerit lefanav ulach ravasur. Okay, but Rabbi Yossi says no. The days before and after are uh, you, have, you have to treat it basically just like the, the special day itself, and you can't do uh, eulogies on those days at all. Yeah. Wouldn't it make more sense for after because of the, the context of the Easter cloud? That's interesting. So I guess we're saying here. Oh, I think you're going to see, but, but the idea here is to sort of like make the day special. So we have to like get ourselves like ready for the day. I think that's like, sort of the concept. Like, like, like kind of like the mipnei kavod shabbat, like that. Coming from that. Yeah, I think it's a sense of like sort of like giving the day its due. Like I'll give you an example. Like um like I was I called my mother yesterday and she was watching my nephews and nieces and I was like oh why are the kids over at your house in the middle of the day she's like oh election day I was like oh yeah election day like I wasn't aware right because it's election day because in the night like we don't have election day tomorrow yesterday so I wasn't aware there was election day but like if like Monday had been a special day. So then I would have like been prepped to know that like right. you know. So I think it's a similar thing. Like we get out on these days. They're not like such fancy holidays. That everyone's all aware they're coming. So sometimes it's helpful to have like a little bit of like a boost right, the right. day before. And then, and then the question is like the day after. I think it's like you're saying sort of like an ishukag, like a carryover effect. Now the lo ana the days you're not allowed to fast the fanab ulach rav mutar. So um. 
then the Tanakhama says that both before and after are permissible. Okay, so it's really the, the eulogizing days where it has the effect. The fasting, the, the no fasting doesn't really matter. Rabbi Yossi is sort of consistent. He says, right, that before it's Asr, uh, I take it back. So he says here, and afterwards it's Mutar. So it's slightly different, uh, ramped down a little bit when it comes to fasting in terms of the effect on the other days. Okay, furthermore. We don't start declaring fast days for the tzibur um, on a Thursday. So we don't ruin the market rates. I think we I think we mentioned that earlier. Yeah, it says here right Dafyud. Uh, okay, remember that the idea would be like I think it makes a lot of sense that the market rates are all based on um, continents. Right? And if you start saying it's a fast day, that means what you're really declaring is that we're in big trouble because there's no rain. And if there's no rain, that means there's not going to be crops and people get nervous and you're going to mess it up on the Thursday. You're mess it up. Rather, when you do the first two fasts, so you do Monday, Thursday, Monday. Okay, I'm not sure exactly why that effect would be slightly different than Monday versus the Thursday, but okay. The, third, uh, the, the, the second group of three is a Thursday, Monday. Thursday, right, which makes sense. It goes Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, in the end. Right? That's not happening so far. Rabbi Yossi says, no. Uh, just as the first ones don't start on a Thursday, so to the second group, or the last group of seven, also don't start on a Thursday. So what you do is you'd be Monday, Thursday, Monday, and you'd wait, and then go Monday, Thursday, Monday again. Okay, so it's a slightly different way of understanding how it should go. You do not declare a fast day for the Tibor on Rosh Chodesh, Hanukkah, or Purim. One second. Uh, yeah. But they already started, Rashi says in the third wide line here, let's say you started earlier, and it ends up being that Rosh Chodesh, let's say, was the Thursday, or the following Monday, or something like that, then you don't stop. That's what Rabbi Gamliel says, you just keep doing the, the sequence of three. I'm Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, even though he said you don't stop, he agrees that you don't complete the fast. You know, okay. Rashi says that he does note Kol Hayom. Okay, I mean, he, even he agrees. Or Shkodesh and these special days, Chanukah Purim, you don't uh, fast the whole day. So Chayin Tishabav Shachaliyot Be'er of Shabbat. The same thing Tishabav is falls out on Shabbat. I'd love to see exactly what, what we mean by that. What, what are we saying? They ain't actually mean, right? I guess that's the idea, right? That you're going into Shabbat, you can't pass into Shabbat. That's what we used to work the calendar. We don't have Tishabav falling on the Arab Shabbat. Okay. Now into the Gemara finally. The Gemara says Tseidur Tanio Ketzab. Uh, we said the house said the time you go, we take the teva, we take the aron out to the to the to the square. Gemara says, is that true even for the first group of fast days? Or minu? But we have a single contradictory uh, source. It says shalos taniot rishonot ushniot nichlasin lebet hakanesim talalim kederashiv halim kolashon akula. Right, the first two sets of fast days. Right, the first three, the second three, we go into the shul and you have a davening like the whole year. Ubeshev achornot motinet ha'teva l'ruchavah shaliyah v'dedin efra gabei ha'teva uberosh nasiyah v'berosh abeitin v'kolachav v'chanotel v'netim berosh berosho. Okay, that it seems like uh, only the seven last ones we take a teva. Everyone, I saw what we were saying here. We put uh, ashes on the teva, the ro- and on the head of the, the nasi and the ro- and the abedin, and everyone takes the ashes and puts it on their own head. Rabbi Nathan the mayor, Ephraim Makla, he mevin. Rabbi Nathan says to bring Ephraim Makla. Um, that's a particular type of uh, of uh, ashes. Um, Amra Papa, so, that, so that's, that's the point is, that's the end of the bright there. The question is, so which one is it? Our Mishnah seems to imply that all the facets would bring the, uh, we bring the, uh, what's it called, out to the, uh, we bring the Teva out to the city, uh, out to the, to the, to the square, but the bright seems to imply it's only the last group of fasts. So we say as follows, um, Amra Papa, No, even our Mishnah, when it was teaching this halacha, it was referring to the seven Okay, that's the idea. That's our that's the ukimta that we have. We didn't realize that, but that's what it was. Okay. 
Once we're saying that, Barosh should be Nasi, Barosh on Nasi. Okay, it says we put on the head of the Nasi. The Hadr Tami Kolacha Beachad, the gear shake is a little funny, Notain Barosho. And then it teaches us that everyone puts it on their head. Okay. Amy, is that so? Beatanya, Rabbi Omer, Bigdolo Matrili Min Hagadolo Bikala, Matrili Min Katan. But Rabbi, Rabbi taught us as follows. When it comes to greatness, you start from the great person. But for kvala, like a curse type thing, you start from the lesser, the person who is less significant. <coughs> Meaning, um, well, let's explain the source. Right, the greatness, when they're having the, uh, the Chanukah Dabayit, the Chanukah Mishkan. so it says, and Moses says to Aaron and to Elazar Nitamar, his sons. Okay, so you start with Aaron. But for terrible things, for curse, you start from the katan, the Amar, Mar, or whatever, never. When it comes to the curses in the Gan Eden, so first the Nachash, who gets his least significant creature, he gets uh, the punishment first, and then Chava, and then Adam. Okay, so what's going on? So where the question is, so when it comes here to the Tani Sibur, and we're putting uh, ashes on people's heads, you would think that the first thing we should do is put uh, the ashes on the heads of the common people, and then you put the ashes on the heads of the Abbatin and then the Nasi. Gemara says, "Ha chashivuta lidito." This actually is um, a point, of, a sign of importance for them. To Amri lahu atun chashivat chashivitu, then they buy alan rachme akuli amad. We're saying like what we're saying to them essentially is, you ones are so significant to ask for rachamim, to ask for mercy for the whole group of people. Meaning that the fact that they go first is this isn't a klala. It's like they're the ones who go first for this process of saving the tibor. So that's actually an honor to them, and that's why they actually go first when it comes to that. Okay, then it says. Uh, yeah, Why is it like it says that everyone else does, does it themselves? Okay, everyone else does it themselves. I, I skipped the parentheses, by the way. I apologize. Okay, everyone else does it themselves. So maybe we're saying that even the they should also take it and do it themselves. So what's so different about them that somebody else has to take it and put it on their heads? So Okay, you can't compare somebody who like embarrasses themselves to somebody who embarrasses uh, is embarrassed from others. Okay, Rashi says on the top here, the Ika Agmat Nefesh Hashivutam Okay, so I guess the idea would be um, that it's supposed to be a certain humiliation here. So they, um, yeah, I guess they get it uh, on from the fact that other people put it on their head. I guess is like a more significant thing. As opposed to individual people, it doesn't make such a difference, so they might as well just do it themselves. Let's just do two more lines just to get to the two dots. Where do we place the ashes, or where do they place the ashes? It's on the place where the tefillin goes, like right here. It's the Pasuk says, in Yeshayot, to put for the mourners of Tzion, to give them a pe'er instead of afer. It's a symbolic thing. We put ashes on the Malcolm Tefillin, and the idea is that ultimately that, that afer will be turned into pe'er, which incidentally is the same letter. It's just mixed around. The pe'er means glory, but it represents Tefillin. So eventually, so it's a line also we say sometimes when it comes to a, a chatan. A chatan, traditionally, we put ashes on their head uh, when they, uh, when they uh, sing meshkachich at the, the chatan. What's that? Afer is ashes. Ashes. Okay, so you put ashes on, the, on their head, and then some people have recited this pasuk uh, as well. The idea is that, like, you know, and there's a time of mourning, but that time of mourning will come to a time when we're celebrating and rejoicing. Okay.